Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer to. I'm half crazy, all for the love of you. Welcome to the latest episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the Professor, and tonight we have Bucky. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you, Bucky? I'm doing fantastic. That's a very... um. Drawn out, fantastic. Ah uh, well, I've um, finished all my assignments for the year, so I'm I'm quite happy to just chill and relax. So now you've got three months of slacking. Well, yeah, something like that. And three our other of... host, DJ. Hey all. Are you slacking too, DJ? I'm always slacking. What are you talking about? If you look up slack in the dictionary, it's got a picture of the DJ. <laughs> anyway, tonight is our supernova review episode. We went to Supernova and we hosted a booth along with the other podcasts from That's Not Canon. And of course, uh, we need to extend our thanks to our manager representative type guy, Zane, who runs That's Not Canon, and booked the booth and arranged all of this for us. All hail the mighty Zane. All hail Zane. You guys are really buying into the cult of Zane. Give it time, you will too. Hey, we've got a, a podcast about uh, fake governments. We should make a podcast about fake religions and start it with the cult of Zane. <laughs> so, who's going to write the Bible of Zane? The penguins. <laughs> the penguins are Zane's holy messengers. <laughs> oh. All right, DJ, it wasn't that funny. You can stop choking to death. Uh, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm just thinking about it, and yeah. <gasps> but, this this, this okay. is the reason why we try not to tell him too many new ideas at one night. <laughs> okay, drag yourself away from the penguins for a minute, DJ. What did you enjoy about Supernova? Uh, everything. Like, just, even though it was Friday, even though it was Friday, it was pretty quiet when we were there. Um, I just like the whole atmosphere, dude. Like, this was my first, this was my first time being at Supernova. And it was very cool. And we actually let him out of the box on his own. <laughs> yeah, that was not the best idea. I don't know. He um, actually found some really cool stuff. Actually, he went to meet friends. He did. And, um, like, I, I seriously, I like some of the people he sent to see us. And he dragged me to go and see. Because like, he was like a little puppy on, on a leash. <laughs> quick, 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 quick. You come and see this? You come and see this? <laughs> Yes, there's little dogs that uh, they run ahead and then stop to make sure you're following. Yeah. But yeah, we've, we've met some really cool people along the way on, on our um, stay at Soup on Friday. We did. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, who, like, um... And the most amazing of which, we've got to give a shout out to at the very top of the show. Absolutely. Uh, Super T, a couple of guys that are trying to help people in hospital with, well, kids in hospital have shirts that are specially designed for them and aren't boring. So And clip up on the side so you can fit all of your sensors and feeding tubes and stuff in. Yes. And seriously, if, if you if you go and check out these guys online and you don't walk away in absolute awe of the effort these guys are put in, you need to check your pulse. Because, yeah, this is at the end of the Friday and we're heading home and I got to meet them. And I was absolutely amazed. So, yeah, I think I, out. the yeah, security guards had to kick us out because we were too busy talking to Super T. 
Yeah. And then we told them we had a booth, so they were they were kind of willing to let us stay. <laughs> but yeah, like you can you can buy you can either buy a special tin, which is like on its own is style. It, it, on its own is looking really really cool, but it has a little shirt inside and a couple of bits and pieces that will be given to a child in the hospital, including or stickers. Date, mate, Human mate. children love stickers. Yeah, or if you're in a hospital, you got to have something cool to do. And then, yeah. um, or you can donate money. So if you go onto their website and have a look at some of the stuff, like these guys are absolutely amazing. Yeah. And their website is superd.com.au. As usual, it's in the shout out in the uh, show notes. Yes. Yeah. I met, I met them a couple of, uh, I met them a few hours ago and I was saying they're, they're really, it was a really worthy cause in terms you of helping. A few hours ago? No, no, a few hours ago uh, on Friday, on, on Friday, the first one of the first few people I met. Yeah, they were pretty cool too. Pretty cool bunch. Yeah, yeah. But other than Super T, we met a lot of other other um people as well. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we met a lot of artists. A uh, lot of artists which were very talented. They were ta- very very talented. Um, like um, who did we meet? One of them. Oh yeah, Jamie Johnson. Met, oh yeah. Yeah. He, he um when the buck for anyone who wants to know more about the buck he is a huge phantom fan well i'm huge and i am a massive fan of the phantoms so yeah yeah so we we met we met jamie and he was very he was very nice to um tell us more about the phantom well he's he's a um he, he's an amazingly talented artist like we've we've got some photos there um on the facebook page where he actually did a custom drawing of wolverine with uh, i forget the name of the guy from the fortress that we uh trent, you mean uh, trent? trent yeah um trent was presented by with a special birthday present um it was him as wolverine and jamie johnson had drawn it that day so yeah if you look at the picture, you can see how incredibly talented this guy is. So there and you have it. Drawings are a great present if you forget forgot to get a present early. Oh no, this this was early. It was his birthday. Okay. Was is this weekend? I think it is coming. But you said he drew it that day. The, the picture was drawn that day, and it yeah. was given. It was a gift from his partner or girlfriend. Um, and it's yeah, his birthday's coming up this weekend. So yeah, she got it to him a whole week in advance. So what was your favorite part, Bucky? Um, well, meeting Jamie Johnson was pretty outstanding. Um, and then there was two of the other groups that came to visit us. One was Blue Fox Props by Steph Tinnan, Stephanie Tinnan, um, who is an epic Skyrim fan. He makes helmets and other props, and yeah, just absolutely beautiful work there. In- interestingly, I told her um, when I when I was when I came to a booth, I said, "Oh, if you show Buck that Skyrim helmet, he will fr- he will freak and he will smile uh, for yeah. days." I want I wanted to buy it, and I asked I, I asked Sony if we're allowed to buy it for the podcast, and he said, "Yeah, but you do realize people won't see you wearing it." And I said, I don't care. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't have the money for it on me at the time. But she's got, like, um, iron helmets, elvish, yeah. Well, the thermal helmets, I should say. She even made an Avatar um, Blue Spirit mask as well, which was really cool. So, yeah, she's got some 
amazing bits and pieces there to check out. Um, the other one that I really enjoyed was um, the Sons of Obi One, the Saber Academy. Like those, they're the they're the main standout ones. Like then there was one guy that absolutely rocked my socks in a massive way, and that was the legendary Rick Meads, who's written a children's story about quantum physics. Here we go. I was waiting for you to get to this. Hon, I thought this would be your favorite one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, 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 I didn't want to kind of rush into it. It's one of those ones. It's, it was just so, yeah. At the end of the day, Rick Meads came around to say hello to us and he dropped a bombshell on us about his children's story that he's written and he's got published. And I'm just trying to find the name of it. Where is it? It's Speckled Search of That's Friends. It. Yes. Um, Speckle's Search for Friends. Um, Speckle is literally the universe. And it talks about how the whole process of the Big Bang. So it's written by him and the drawings are all by his partner. And, yeah, like, seriously, check this out. It was I, – I, I literally had to stand up and shake his hand and say thank you. Yeah, you were. And I was, I was upset that I didn't have this as a child. Yeah, you were shaking his hand like, like he was the president, and he's like, "Thank you for saving our country." That kind of, he had that face. Well, it's, it's more... because Bucky would prefer to have this than the lead paint toys. Well, the lead paint toys aren't necessarily too bad, um, depending on which gaming system they're from. Like, I do like my Warhammer, um, but. Yeah, like this guy's just got the most original idea for a children's book, and it is just so well written. I have never seen anyone ever try to make a children's book about quantum physics, and there should be more of it. Seriously, we should be we should be encouraging children to learn. Yes, yeah, don't let your children turn out like the DJ. <laughs> or the professor. <laughs> hey, I learn. Where do you think I got my name from? <laughs> Sometimes I think it's a typo. Back of the cornflex box. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, it's um, yeah. just trying to see if I can find anything on here. Um, yeah, look seriously, go check him out, and he he is such. A nice guy. Like he's when he came around, he introduced himself. I, thought, I was like, oh, "Who's this?" And he was so unassuming with how he introduced himself and introduced Speckle Search for Friends. And it was just like, "Hang on, can you say that again?" So, he seems to be incredibly proud of his work, and he deserves it. Yes, he showed us his um one of his sort of preview copies, and it's looking really good. Better than uh, better than Spot. <laughs> I know having two younger siblings exactly how boring and mind-numbing spot is. Hey, I'm an I'm an uncle, and I wish I could get get hold of this to give to my nephew. Even my nephew that's about to turn twenty-one, I'd give this to. <laughs> well, he's twenty-one, so eventually he'll have his own kids, probably. Yeah, assuming we yeah. don't all get nuked into oblivion by then. Oh, you never know. Um, yeah, in his um, author's bio. He's saying about writing the book, he goes, this is no easy task, trying to rhyme words that have never been rhymed 
before was Speckle's greatest challenge. So yeah, he he, he was right. Just he's done it in a very um, Doctor Seuss sort of approach. So it's easy to read and it's very educational. So the um, <clears throat> sorry, the other people we met were Cyanide Pop Press, who's also um, Zenyaku. Yes, Zenyaku on Facebook. Uh, yeah. I didn't really speak to them. What do they do? Um, they they do a lot of their own comic sort of style stuff. Um, they showed us a. He, he actually gave me a copy of a little collection of comic strips that he they created themselves, and that they almost got thrown out of Supernova last year for producing and handing out for free. Um, wow! Yeah, it's. They they do some stuff that's a bit controversial, but they they do have some pretty cool artwork and some good bits and pieces there. Well, they're the guys that gave you the um, Sonic comic. That's what I just said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, that was that was the one that he almost got kicked out of Supernova for last. Your uh, your audio is going, Bucky. Uh, sorry, um, I was just saying that was the one that he almost got kicked out of Supernova for last year. I was just trying to say it quietly for the DJ, uh, <laughs> trying to avoid embarrassing him. Yeah, you can't really do asides when. We're so far apart. You have to whisper yes. rather loudly. Yes. The the cover is a picture. It, it's, um, what is it? I think he even got in trouble off a Sega for it. Um, but it's Sonic Dirty, and it's rated R. We're turning into and then they left. Bucky's reviewing Sonic. Uh... <laughs> I'm not, yeah, you, if you, put it this way, if you can get hold of one of these, you, 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 your eyebrows will meet your hairline, and you'll have a chuckle. Should we ask, and then they have to have you on as a special guest, Bucky? Um, with um, Sonic Comic? No, um, well, we'll let them have a look at that. The, the <laughs> interesting part is the fact that on the cover they say, this will totally destroy and obliterate your childhood. <laughs> and trust me. Luckily, the DJ doesn't have a childhood being born fully formed off an assembly line in China. Don't say that. The Chinese will get upset. You're blaming them for him. We threatened to say that about the Americans and then they promised to invade. <laughs> yeah, that happens. But, you know, we're, we're doing well. We've only had about three major international diplomatic incidents. <laughs> yeah. Give us time. It's early in the episode. Um, yeah, as the other group that I mentioned before, Sons of Obi-Wan, Sabre Academy. Um, they've actually, I was actually looking at some of their stuff. They've actually met, because they, they've been going to various conventions for a while um they've actually met a number of amazing people one of whom was um stan lee i think may have to double check that or was that that was um comics to you sorry comics to movies um who was another group that we met sons of obi-wan um who was they gave a lightsaber to one of the guys from the hobbit i think it was um so yeah they gave it to him as a birthday present, all specially inscribed in Dwarvish ruins uh, with for his character's name and so forth. That would yeah. be a weird crossover. Yeah, but he was pretty cool and he was actually pretty impressed with it. So It's over, Gandalf. I have the high ground. You <laughs> shall not pass. So Luke, so Luke Skywalker is um is is Frodo. Um, they're taking the Jedi to Isengard. They're taking the Jedi to Isengard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we, 
So we're going to include Wizard of Oz as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I think my might need to stop talking about crossovers here. Last time we did, it got a bit grotty. <laughs> and the DJs still having weird thoughts and discussions. Yeah. But um, I think it was, was it Gimli? I, th- I thought it was Gimli. The guy who plays Gimli, they gave it to him. No, was they he in The Hobbit, to, apart from the they, cameo or something? They gave it to Gimli or whatever. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm just going to try and look up who it was that they gave it to. The DJ is affecting my computer's internet speed. It, it was going great earlier on, and then I started talking to the DJ, and everything's just gone slow. He's sucking the uh, processing power out of out of your computer to supplement his own. I wouldn't put it past him. So, well, uh, well, about you sucking that up. What was your favorite cosplay, DJ? Oh, um, I didn't really see much cosplay on on the, on the day we were there. Wasn't, did you have your there. eyes closed? Kind of. I did meet a couple of cosplayers, but there were for um, some examples of cosplay that the DJ didn't see. Uh, check out our Facebook page where we have got cosplayers to hold our um, our promo cards. Yeah, yeah. such as. Um, the cosplayer who helped us understand how the professor was sold on the new doctor being a female. <laughs> oh, that was a good moment. That was a very good moment. Now you're stooping to stealing the DJ's jokes. Oh, no, no, no. I was the one who came up with that. He steals, He stole it from me. Oh. I, actually, I actually said that on the day. And then he just repeated. Yeah, actually you did. Yes, there was a an excellent thirteenth Doctor cosplay uh, um, and a life size Dalek, which yes. I think had someone inside it. Um, Sean Austin, who's still my Genji, and so, uh, Bob from Stranger Things season two. Yes, that was uh, sorry for just coming back there. Um, yeah, Samwise Genji is the one they gave us lightsaber to. Ah, oh, I see the picture. They've actually, they've actually got. Um, Shannon Doherty, Sean Austin, and Stefan Kapicic trying trying to break a one of their special lightsabers. So yeah, yeah, they had one of Stanley as well. Add that to the uh, the show notes, TJ. And Bomber from the Hobbit, sorry, is the one they gave the special one to with a shirt of Sons of Baby One. Oh. like these guys are getting around. And a photo of them with Stanley. That uh, the DJ is just thrown into the show notes. Yes, there it is. I knew that I'd seen him somewhere. They granted Stanley the title of honorary grandmaster of the Sons of Obi Wan. Yes, and we had um, a couple of the girls, or a couple of the ladies, I should say, not girls. I'm old. Um, come around and were quite eager to see us and say hello, and they were quite excited about the fact that we were the people who were well, out um, TNC were the people that were doing the. Um, Pod, so you think you can podcast panel? And they wanted to come around and meet us. And when they found out where we were, they they raced around. And we're quite happy to have a chat and take uh, take all of our promo cards. Yes, um, and they were quite eager to talk to Zane. So if um, Elvis Lives doesn't come up soon, there's someone considering doing a similar podcast. I feel kind of bad. We keep a. Uh throwing Elvis Lives out there and he hasn't even published his first episode yet. <laughs> I think it's actually so, a, a pressure, mate. I think it's actually a lady doing it, by the way. Okay. 
I haven't paid that much attention. I just saw the logo and went, oh, this looks good. Yes. I, I, I have to admit I'm looking forward to it as well, but yeah. So um, where were we? We were talking about Sons of Obi-Wan. Sons of Obi-Wan and who they've met. And, we, who, and who the cosplay. Who was your standout, um, DJ? My, uh, in terms of who, um, my standout would be comics to movies. That was my stat. But in terms of who I met, mm-hmm. um, I've I went to their booth um, when I came, when I first came in, and I've I went to their booth and it looked amazing. They had a lot of artwork, um, like they had like split face artwork, and it was very yeah. beautiful. I bought some actually. I, I bought some from those guys. Um, I bought one about Captain America and Iron Man because you know I'm a bit of a Marvel fan. Um, the Transformers. I even bought their limited edition Mortal Kombat um, poster. Awesome. But they're they're pretty cool people to, to talk to and stuff. Um, the guy, the guy in the booth was the director. Um, Sean Ke- Sean Keenan, his name is. Okay. And he's got his own um, he's got his own comic books out called um XCT. Okay. And I wish to get a co- I, I would love to get a copy of, of his um comics because it's what is XCT about? Um, it's basically um, so for all these famous heroes of, of our Extreme Champion Tournament. Ah, yeah. So you've got. The... I've actually just brought up his webpage and it's okay. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So... cool. Oh. It looks really cool though. Like the uh, backstory in terms of how all the um. How all the characters in the comics were in this one big tournament, mm-hmm. like Spartacus, for, um, one is one of them. How many of them? Dream Championship tournament. Eh? How many of them were Spartacus? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, one. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, uh, kind of too much of a good thing. Well, actually, I'm looking at it here. Like, there's a couple of Spartacus copies there. I'll um, post that in for the show notes. There's a link there. My goodness, we got lots of pictures. We do. We met some amazing people. Yeah, yeah. I want. Uh, um, there were there were a lot of art, uh, as I said, I met a lot of artists along the way. Um, but the, to name a few, um, who was one of my? There were a couple of famous ones I've met. The other um, one I met was Warwick Wong, for example. Pretty fam- pretty cool artist. To name a few, but well, it's naming one. Yeah, well, naming yeah. one. Um, who else did I meet? I don't know. You you spent, you spent more time away from the booth than you'd actually at the booth. Uh, Damien Samankowicz. Yeah, that's a, a second. And who is uh Damien Kowicz? He's a comic book artist and a writer as well. So we just that's one of he's. Did a couple of. Let me just check. Let me just get the uh, pages up there. Um, what, what what was your highlight, um, Professor? Getting to meet all of our adoring people who wanted to take our uh, promo card. I'd Is say it... fans, but I don't think we met many um many of our fans there. Uh, oh. Lots of our promo cards, which means we should have lots more fans there. <laughs> and you, you know who you are. You are my favorite new fan. There we are. Who's that? That's they know it. who they are. Ah, <laughs> oh, but um, with terms of cosplays, I think the best one I saw was a girl dressed up as um, one of my 
one of the anime series I've been currently watching called RWBY. She dressed up as Yang and it looks oh, really cool. Is that that little known anime series made by Rooster uh, Teeth? No, it wasn't Rooster Teeth. RWBY is made by Rooster Teeth, dude. It was, was actually no, Avian getting... Chompers. No one's ever heard of them. They're a little known company. I was I was getting nervous when I, I was walking through the cent- like from one end of the the center to the other to get to our booth from the entrance and I saw a stand for RWBY and I thought, well, there goes the DJ's money. <laughs> Unfortunately I didn't if buy anything. That's the one. And then um right after that I had a horrible sense of dread because I saw um was it mad not mad comics um madman publications oh yes the um the anime store yes they they had a they had a booth and i was like yeah and i was going to get i was thinking i could spend so much money there i've got no money <laughs> there was a huge crowd around i mean like literally it was it was like five or six deep and it was just like a, a crowd of zombies around the stand and I thought, I haven't got a chance to get there, and I've got to get up and find the booth. So I just walked away, a small tear trickling from the corner of my eye, thinking, <laughs> I wish I had the money to go there. And oh, then just kick all these people out of the way so I can spend heaps of money. Oh, dude, the bigger, the store that had the biggest crowd would be the um, Supernova store that had the, that was selling, like, Funko Pops. That had a lot of people early in the Those day. Those creepy little people with the dead solar size. <laughs> You're not, a, you're not a Funko Pop person, are you? Yeah, I've um... actually got one. It, uh, no, he's fallen off my monitor. I have a Funko Pop like keychain size fourth doctor who sits on my monitor. Okay. And they had the um, Pop Vinyl store there, and that was hugely overrun. And yeah. John Barrowman was there doing uh, photographs, so I assume he was uh, overrun. Wow. Actually, there were more of the Harry Potter. Fa- there were a lot of Harry Potter cosplayers, actually. Yeah, Hang it's on. coming back into the public view now that um, Fantastic Beasts is a thing. But didn't you say you didn't see many cosplayers or yeah. any cosplayers? And now you're saying you did. I didn't see many, uh, like many of the famous ones, though. Like there were a lot that, like normally on on the on Instagram, there we on Facebook, some people, some famous in, um cosplayers will say i will see you at supernova on friday and i didn't see many i was like ah well, where you, they go? Um, hang on you saw black cat from is it jamie yeah J- with fortress yeah, yeah 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 she was she was there she's pretty well known and an amazing black cat I oh yeah say. yeah that was actually true she was she did really pull it off really well um i know sitting up at the booth there were there were tons of people going past, um, some of whom we, we got photos from with. Um, and, yeah, others that we didn't, but we, 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 shook, we gave them compliments and shook their hands and said, we're, we're impressed. Um, Did you guys see the Space Marine? Yes. That was yeah. one of the guys. He, he yeah. came past. Um, are you talking about the tech priest? Yeah, there's a tech priest and a, um, a Space Marine. I yeah. saw them both at Supernova earlier, like the one on the Gold Coast, and I saw them again at um, this one. Yeah, the tech priest came past our booth, and I, I actually gave him a clap and said, well done, I'm impressed. That's and a very good costume. It, it was outstanding. And I have, to, I have to 
give full respect to most of the cosplayers that were there that were covered from head to toe in their outfits in such incredibly hot weather. Yeah, what I've never understood is um, the convention halls always seem to be really hot, but people aren't literally sweating off their body paint. Yes, although that that's actually probably a good thing considering the fact that just down from our booth we had the body painters and they had a couple of guys, one of whom was Spider-Man. Who, oh, yeah, we could have... Uh... If we people were actually wetting out of that paint, we would have had a huge puddle of rainbow oh. in front of our booth. Yeah, and especially since Spider-Man was only wearing like, like a thong, so not really pretty. Yeah, I think the um, one of the guys from also uh, from the body paint booth was also um, he did Kratos as well and looked really good. Oh yeah, they they had a few bits and pieces, and the artwork was really good. It was just a bit disturbing seeing someone. Walking, seeing a guy walking around in a thong, just not my thing. I'm sorry. Not being, he 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 was quite comfortable with doing it. I just yeah, <laughs> I can't can't see the draw of wearing a wedgie. So anyway, <laughs> we will uh, wrap up our coverage of Supernova. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details there and we'll also have to give a shout out to the new melbourne brown coats who shared their booth with us after a um, a booking mix up yes and they were they they had some amazing stuff there too that was how come we haven't got a link to them in the the notes dj you screwed up the show notes <laughs> new melbourne brown coat eh? yeah who had flown in from Melbourne that um, that afternoon? Yes. Okay. Typing it, putting it in now. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. So we'll move on to our usual scheduled uh, game discussion. What have you been playing this week, Bucky? Um, Skyrim. Oh, after finishing my assignment, I've got the time to sit back and just really get into playing it and just enjoying it. And after meeting um, the fantastic Steph from Blue Fox Props, who is also a Skyrim tragic, I just had to get in and play. (laughs) So I'm now at level 42, and I'm able to take on pretty much everyone that I'm coming across now on my own. (laughs) So does that mean because you're so powerful, does it mean you can wipe out the Skyrim universe with a snap of your fingers? No, because I'm not a Marvel hippie. <laughs> Skyrim has a better plot, and that's saying something. <laughs> Skyrim has an amazing plot. Nobody can wipe Tamriel off the face of the earth. EA Except tried. for the eight divines. <laughs> no, they even, they praised. Even, even they can't wipe Tamriel off the face of the map. Well, it's yeah, just got considering the universe is literally the corpse of a god, mm-hmm. it would be a bit hard. So, yep, that's what I've been up to. Running around, killing dragons, bandits, all sorts of beasties. And have you been playing DJ? 
I'm just I'm I'm just been playing Red Dead Redemption two, and my god, it's such a huge game, a long, long game. Um, what's the most standout feature so far? Have you done anything ridiculously cool that you can post pictures on Reddit and whatnot? Nah, I haven't yet done anything ridiculously amazing. Not even I, I, I've even I was even tempted to write something, write some curse word on in snow, but nah, I think I think the temptation. No, nah, it wasn't there. Okay. The this is there. unusual behavior. I'll have to <laughs> check if the warranty is still in effect. <laughs> yes. Look, the temptation was there. You just didn't act on it. It's unusual. You just let it go. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. It, 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 it's a supernova. We were talking so much Disney stuff, which, which was very amazing, which was funny. <laughs> Actually, we we had so many people that we because a shout out to our fellow TNC podcast, Disney versus Disney. Um, we we yep. posed a question to a lot of people who came to the booth that we're trying to solve the greatest conundrum in, in the universe of what is the best Disney movie. And, and as soon at the as time, it was uh, Incredibles first Finding Nemo. And every time we we said just just ask them what is the best Disney movie. Every single person took almost exact, exactly the same pose, tilting their head up and to the left, and really going, "Ooh, that's a good question, dude." The dude, the answer is simple: The Lion King. Save it for the debate. <laughs> Did you even get a slot in the bracket? Nah, I forfeited mine. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in the, the, the in there or not, but I'm happy. If you're not in the bracket, there. you have no right to complain when the Lion King loses. I put my name up for a number of things. I don't know if it's in there, though. Ah, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So what game have you been playing, Professor? I'm glad you asked, Bucky. I've been playing the Red Markets RPG. It's Um, a tabletop RPG based around economics in a zombie apocalypse. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about the um, play style. Well, one thing I like about it is that it has a sort of injury um, chart where you can take wounds to different limbs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite a bit simpler than D&D. Not that that's a bad thing. Uh, and mm-hmm. the main enemy threat is to be zombies. But the mission we did, we were stealing like laminators to make money for a startup bank. <laughs> and uh, we had to do this careful balancing act of distracting the horde of zombies so that we didn't get eaten. Well, so that I didn't get eaten while I cut down the door to the storeroom to get the um, the laminators. Okay. And did you actually manage to get them without getting yes. eaten? Yes. Did you lose any of your party? No. We all got away with minor injuries. Sounds like the three blind mice. <laughs> yep. So, it's the, so the game is basically the professor trying to be the Wolf of Wall Street Zombie Apocalypse Edition. Yes, it's the Wolf of Wall Street with zombies and less cocaine. <laughs> I don't know. You got to have you got to have the cocaine in there. Although it, with the it, it's, I'm just looking through some of the details here, and they're saying playing in pirate fashion. So you could have a, a Jack Sparrow style character. Yep. Yeah. So the characters are all mercenaries. So a Jack Sparrow would fit in very well there. Although Jack Sparrow from the first two movies, not from the sequels. Yes. As I say, I'm, I'm liking the premise and a lot of the... You've also got a collaborative score sheet as well. Mm. 
yes, that didn't really come into effect because we were um, we were only playing one session as a one-off. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. And so, I think it's... Um, I'd like to come back and do a campaign in this because I think the zombie mechanics are really well thought out for a zombie game. Okay. Are you asking us to join you in a campaign? Maybe. Okay. Indirectly, unintentionally. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We put him on the spot. He didn't run away screaming. Ah! <laughs> you screamed better than that when we played Deceit. <laughs> <laughs> or or, or um, Guns of Icarus. No, in Guns of Icarus, he just disappeared. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, let's move on to the shout outs, shall we? Or do you yes. want to do something else? No, I'm happy to move on to the shout outs. So, we couldn't find any uh, famous birthday things this week. Oh, we could, but we just so didn't bother. Yeah, none we could be bothered talking about. So, we'll move on to the um, main shout outs. Mm-hmm. Our first shout out this week is the centenary, centenary of the armistice on the 11th of November. No one in Australia has Remembrance Day. I uh, felt like this was a big one worth mentioning, being the end of the war to end all wars. Yes. It's uh, a, um, a nice sentiment. It was, it was actually the last war where people on both sides actually behaved with honour on a lot of occasions. To the yeah, point like on At Easter and Christmas, they'd actually have a ceasefire and actually come out and have, like, this, the stories of them coming out and having mass, having lunch and sharing rations with each other and during playing Christmas stuff. Yeah, playing soccer in no man's land. So, yeah. Yeah, to bring it sort of back around to a gaming perspective, I think part of the reason why you don't see as many World War One movies as World War Two movies and games is because it's hard to, like, um, to just have a, a bad guy in World War One. Yeah, like, even in the um, the movie for the Red Baron, you, you don't hate the Red Baron and you don't hate the English. It's actually in the Red Baron, the one guy you did hate was the commanding officer, who was just an absolute jerk. Yeah, so um, I, it's I a lot know. harder to write good good enemies than it is to just pick. Yep, they're Nazis, they're bad guys. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, okay, well, we're all quite on the Western Front. They had like a couple. They had the bad guys as well. They had bad guys there. Yeah, that's um, my point. They, yeah, you um, if you do a book about World War One, you can't really say one side is the bad guys. So it's harder to write a good enemy into the story. Hmm. You guys still there? The audio is cut yeah. out. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. That's true. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah, just thinking about what DJ was saying. For all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. Did you guys go to any? Uh, Services. No. I um actually just sat back having a quiet cup of tea here at home. Yeah, I finished. I'd finished an assignment the um at, at that point, like the day before or the day after. Sorry, actually. So I just I had a quiet cup of tea in between writing paragraphs and researching and so forth. So yeah, yeah. I went to uh, one of the local ones. They actually had a special train come down my way. Um, on the Cleveland line, going to the RSL with a lot of um, diggers and so forth. From is it the old steam train they pull out? Yeah, I think it was the old steam train they pulled out. They had um, people dressed in costume, but they also had a lot of um, the different diggers from 
well, probably not it, maybe some of them from World War Two, but also um, different conflicts since. Unfortunately, we couldn't have any of the guys from World War One because they're no longer with us. Yep. But yeah, I was I, I was actually thinking about maybe heading over there to see that and give the guys a, a wave and show some respect and courtesy. Interesting um, piece of trivia for you. You know, the Nazis actually had copies of All Quiet on the Western Front burnt. It was actually classified as an illegal book. Wouldn't surprise me. And it sold 2.5 million copies in 22 languages in its first 18 months of print. Wow. That's impressive for the time period. Which was, yeah, I was going to say, which is in 1928. So, yeah. I think it I've was actually got a copy on my bookshelf, but I uh, haven't read it yet. In which language? English. Okay. Didn't I'm go not the original. Uh, that cultured. Didn't go the original German? Nope. <laughs> so that's the uh, 100th anniversary of Remembrance Day. Yes. Hopefully we won't be seeing any other world wars in the future. I don't know. Give um, Donald Trump and Putin and the nut job in North Korea a chance. I reckon they might start something up. Um, 49 minutes before another diplomatic incident. <laughs> See, I told you we still had time. <laughs> and I went to Trifecta. I insulted three of the most crazy people on the planet. So before uh, Bucky gets us put on any other hit list, uh, we have two very sad deaths to announce this week. Yes. One you've probably heard of already. Someone who uh, got around a bit, was a little bit famous, Stanley the comic book author, editor, and publisher of Marvel Comics, who passed away at the age of 95. Mm-hmm. Or, if you want to go with his um, actual proper real name, um, it was Stanley Martin Lieber. And there's actually a special um, get-together at event cinemas in the city at 12... I can't remember what day. With a shout it's out. on Saturday. But uh, by the time the episode goes up, that will have already happened. Ah, darn it. Yeah, and they're going to have everyone shouting Excelsior at 12.30. Yeah. Do you know how that became a uh, Stan Lee thing? Um, I think it was just one of his little catchphrases because he was always trying to encourage people to go above and beyond and not just accept mediocrity because that was the premise for a lot of the characters for Marvel. Yes, don't guy. be a uh, mediocre scientist. Be a big green wrecking ball. Yeah, like, <laughs> he, he he encouraged people to strive to achieve more than what they thought they could. So don't don't limit yourself and all that sort of thing. So yeah, that was his. That was the reason for Excelsior because that's um, don't limit off. yourself. Wipe out half the universe. Ah. Why not finish a job? You limited yourself to half the universe. Finish the job. Hey, 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 hey. Don't you pick on Speckle, okay? Yeah. Don't pick on Speckle. He's only had friends for like 130 billion years. So? Doesn't mean he's not still searching for more. And the other death um, we're announcing this week is Douglas Rain, the voice of HAL 9000 in 2001 A Space Odyssey, who died at the age of 90. Yes. He was specifically picked by Kubrick because his um, voice was so accentless. And he does the uh, creepy robot really well. 
I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. Or, I'm afraid I can't do that. One yeah, I nice... love that scene at the end when um, Dave's going to pull the uh, pull the drawboards yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. down. And Hal's bargaining with him, and he's like, "I'm afraid, Dave. Please don't." And I just love that scene. How yeah. they managed to almost humanize a psychotic killing machine. Yeah. Such and, a, such a oh, amazing oh. man who's left the world. Yeah. Although I uh, read the other day when I heard the news that he didn't want to be remembered for 2001. He wanted to be remembered for his theatre work. He, he was actually uh, a pretty big Shakespearean actor from what I can understand as well. Yeah, yeah. He, um, it says here that he performed in a wide variety of theatrical roles, such as the production of Henry V in Staff in Stratford, Ontario. That was adapted for television in 1977, and he was nominated for a Tony in 1972 for his performance in Vivat, Vivat Regina. Mm-hmm. And if there had been more robots in Shakespeare, I'm sure he would have done well in that role too. <laughs> but do you know the where? Stanley Kubrick heard Rain's voice. Uh, it was a short documentary, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. 1960 documentary, Universe. Uh, I don't know if it's a short one. It's about 20 minutes, I think. I saved the link so I could go back to it. Okay. But yeah. Survived um, by his um, two sons and daughter and great and granddaughter. So our uh, next shout-out is uh, the 58th anniversary of Clark Gable's death. Clark Gable, who uh, his most famous role is probably Gone with the Wind, which is still a bigger, uh, more profitable movie than Avatar, mm-hmm. just said for inflation. But frankly, Scarlet, I just don't give a damn. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I had to. There, uh, uh, from what I've gathered in the sequel, in the, in the um, Gone with the Wind novel, I... apparently there's a sequel novel. Yeah, there is a follow-up to the story. But they just I, I, I think they I think there was a movie that was made about it, but it just yeah, it didn't have as much oomph. You know, speaking of uh, Gone with the X, it reminds me of a webcomic, Gone with the Blast Wave. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a post apocalyptic comedy webcomic with okay. this sort of um eternal war scenario where the remnants of the armies of the world are fighting it out in ruined cities. I will grab a um a link for the show notes. I, when 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 you I was I was actually getting a bit concerned. Yeah, you were talking about after being to a, having a good curry or something. <laughs> no, a different kind of blast wave. But <laughs> we we started to get a little bit heavy there, so I had to inject some rather uncomfortable humour. Yeah. Did you guys ever like that movie? Which movie? Gone with the Wind. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Have you actually watched it? Yeah, I saw it, and I'm just going... So, in the end, it was just a torn-down romance. The romance just torn down into into pieces. No. It was a romance on, painted on a canvas of one of the most tragic pieces of history. There's so much turmoil and upheaval. Yeah, but even with that surrounding, it was just at the end. At the end of it, it was just yeah. I I I just couldn't. I, he just walked away, and I'm just going, wow, <laughs> you walked away. Mm-hmm. 
And, and then the professor's gone very quiet here. Have you have you watched this movie yet, Professor? Uh, gone with the bro- gone with the wind. Yeah, I I've must admit I have not. Uh, I remember watching that back when it was actually on video cassette, and it yeah, actually. I bet t- you saw it in cinemas too, didn't you? No, no, my dad did. My mum, my mum took my dad to to see it on a date when they were courting, and my dad still makes jokes about it. Um, over fifty years later, gets in trouble every time. <laughs> so anyway, uh, our next shout outs on the thirteenth of November, nineteen forty, Walt Disney's Fantasia was released on mm-hmm. a uh, at New York's Broadway Theater, first night of a road show. Yep, there was another one for Disney, but I can't see it. Yes, uh, Steamboat Willie, 18th of oh. November, 1928. Yes. Which, oh. um, no, it's not the same year my uh, my grandpa was born, actually. Oh, okay, now yes, I'm sir. confused because we bought him a Steamboat Willie card a few years ago. Okay, but um, interesting side note, Steamboat Willie was released the same year as All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, Um on the 13th of November, 1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr. murders his entire fa- entire family in Amityville, Long Island, which is referenced in the uh, famous horror movie, The Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. And on the horror, another on the horror front, on the 17th of November, 1894, the serial killer H.H. Holmes was arrested in Boston after being tracked there from Philadelphia by the Pinkertons. This guy was a special case. He built a murder hotel with trapdoors and secret tunnels and stuff and uh, filled the basement with murder equipment and preyed on visitors to the uh, Chicago World's Fair. This is who you were basing your escape room on, wasn't it? No, my escape room was based around a mad scientist with a okay. uh, killer, um, killer virus. Okay. I just think you're a fan of Holmes, so... I am, <laughs> or from a uh, a engineering point of view. Ah, oh, okay. And efficiencies. <laughs> and I'm gonna stop digging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next topic. Next topic. Yes. The 17th of November, 1970. Douglas Engelbart received the patent for the first computer mouse. Woohoo! And can't live without them these days. Gaming improved. And he yeah, has it took got... a long time for them to be standard, though. Yes. And, but... and his patent number is one heck of a patent number, too. It's number 3,541,541. Do you remember the old trackball mouse? And having to actually take the ball out and blow the dust out and clean the ball? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> had one. Yeah. Same, same. Give me laser any day. Although <laughs> trackballs work better on your cat. Yes. Um, the 18th of November, 1905. George Bernard Shaw's Major Barbara premiered in London. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, Bucky? What was uh, Major Barbara about? <laughs> Major Barbara. You, another one you haven't actually gone to see? No, I'm not that old, Bucky. I'm, a <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite that old either, remember? <laughs> we, did you want me to give you a rundown of what Major Barbara's about? Yeah, sure. Has the DJ looked it up? Nah, no, I don't want to know. Oh, here we go. It's about so, a um a young woman who was a major in the Salvation. Yes. Who are now famous for all the wrong reasons? 
Oh, are they famous for all the wrong reason? The Salvation Army was busted uh, last year for covering up child sex abuse. No, um, there was only a few people that are facing charges. And actually, they most of them were actually, like, if there was any idea of it, they were actually kicked out. Okay. Um, I actually know that because my dad's in the Salvation Army and he's been having to testify as part of the case for, in relation to some of the people. So, oh, yeah. that must be rough. Uh, uh, yeah. Put it this way. Um, all the detectives that have been investigating that he's had come to visit us, um, they've all said that they're, they've loved how open and helpful the Salvation Army have been. There's been no ambiguity and sleight of hand. Fair enough. Which this is not being sponsored words. by the Salvation Army. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just there. Yeah. So, yeah, Major Barbara, three-act English play about an idealistic yep. young woman, Barbara Undershaft. So, Almost yeah. a James Bond name. Get um, your mind out of the gut, are you? <laughs> no. Philistine. <laughs> I'm a proud gutter dweller. <laughs> Stop oppressing my culture. <laughs> I'll oppress you as much as I like. Oh, oh next topic, ang- guys. Next a, topic, guys. I'm a white Anglo-Saxon male. I'm supposed to oppress the world. Warriors. <laughs> next topic, guys. Next topic before we start. On the 18th of November, 1930, Bob Hope and Fred Astaire's musical Smiles premiered in New York City. Mm-hmm. And, and that, in... Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, that was, that they um, had one of the most amazing collaboration in film and musical history. They went on to do, I can't remember how many movies those two did, but, yeah, they had um, a whole lot of movies about where they were travelling around together. Um, with um, It was Morocco Bound, Bali Bound, or The Road to Morocco, The Road to Bali, a whole stack so of So basically movies. all the holiday hotspots. Pretty much, except that I don't know if they actually visited all their locations. Most of it was probably just filmed in a sound studio. Because in Have one of uh, um, the roads of Bali, they were apparently in Australia and they had some horrendous <laughs> Australian accents. Have you ever seen the Hollywood maps of California? No. There's some old have. maps from the time period of um, California. Oh, for the different areas for shooting for different parts uh, of the world. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's like, go to Southern California if you want Spain or. Go to the northeast if you want Wales. Yes. Um, so the same day in 1959, Ben Hur, directed by William Wyler and starring Charlton Heston, premiered in New York City. And the, the DJ loves this movie. This is the uh, Charlton Heston, who was also in the original Planet of the Apes. Get your and who was extremely upset about them blowing it up. Get your hands off me, you damned. And I'm pretty sure that's why he's now a, um, an NRA advocate because he you doesn't he want was? the apes to blow it up. Yeah, he you was. Mean... He's famous for the um, they can take our guns from our cold, dead hands line. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then on the same day in 1994, Star Trek Generations. Oh, I'm getting tired. Star Trek <laughs> Generations, directed by David Carson. And starring the famous Sir Patrick Stewart, Premiered. Mm-hmm. It's um, been a long time since Sir Patrick Stewart has been on 
Star Trek, but I think he's probably the most iconic Starfleet captain. He's generally one of the most preferred. Like the original Star Trek, but with Patrick Stewart as captain instead. Replacing William Shatner. Yes. Like if you can put if you can put um Stewart and um uh, what's his name who plays Spock? Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Now, that would have been an amazing combination. What do you think of the later ones, like um, General Sisko and uh, Captain Janeway? Well, Janeway I actually right. haven't gotten to that part yet. I've been working my way through the original. <laughs> I also think it's funny that um, for Patrick Stewart's um, series, they changed the uniforms from yellow to red, so now the captain is a red shirt. Yeah, well, they had to make it so that, because it was the iconic idea... Look, and joke was already around for uh, almost 20 years of red shirts dying. Nobody wanted to wear the red shirt. And Patrick Stewart said, I'll wear the red shirt. I'm not scared. They won't kill me off because I'm the captain. (laughs) And he drinks his tea all grey hot. (laughs) You were were playing for that, weren't you? No, that was off the cuff. But funnily enough, he actually does that in real life too. He's a very British man. He's a sir. He drinks his tea all grey hot. Mm-hmm. How more British could you get? Oh. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not that. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Okay, he's not he the queen. Be, he could be. He's, <laughs> he's uh, friends with Serene McKellen as well. Yes. And uh, if you see some of the photo collaborations where those two are getting up to mischief, it's, they have so much fun. That's when they're not busy trying to kill each other with mind powers. <laughs> and that's uh, all we have for tonight. So uh, we'll wrap it up here. And check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. Send us an email at nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com or send us a tweet at nmalgamated. Do we have any others? Have I missed any? Nah. Um, nah. Oh, we do have a. We'll be doing. We'll be doing a, sta- a Stanley tribute episode in, in the next few days. Although that might very well be up before this episode. Yeah. Depending on uh, how we schedule that out. So if it's not up, then you now know that we are planning a Stanley tribute. So uh, that's all from us for this week. I uh, will see you next week, or for certain values of C considering this is audio only, as uh, Bucky discovered when he wanted to wear the helmet. <laughs> Still want the helmet. <laughs> you will get the helmet. Don't worry. Well, I'll ask Steph to make you a helmet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, sign off so we can go and get uh, Bucky into bed. He's going to have a tantrum soon. I am not. <laughs> Just give me my damn helmet. <laughs> All right. See you, guys. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.